0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
0: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: Julie, are you a hugger? Do you hug? Mm-hmm. Are you one of these? Are you a hug machine? Are you the type of person who walks into a room and it's hugs all around? Or are you the type of person when a hugger walks into the room, and you retreat mm-hmm. to the corner?
0: I'm really more of a groper. Ugh. I'm I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not a gripper. Um I'm I'm definitely someone who if it it looks like someone wants to hug or is mm-hmm. uh initiating a hug, then I'm all for the hug. But I usually kind of check out someone's body language uh because there's nothing worse than going in for a hug and you get the awkwardness of the I don't know, you get a, an elbow in your face or elbow. something along those lines. What about you?
1: Well, I am uh I am an awkward hugger. Uh I I sort of I have to come I've come I've improved over the years but I have to come to realize that I am an awkward person when it comes to the social dynamics of hugging.
0: So in what way are you?
1: Well, hugging? I grew uh I kind of grew up in a well, I mean my 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 the household was not like a super huggy kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And my mom has, and still has this, uh, this hug variant that's, uh, that we refer to as the side hug. Mm-hmm. Where instead of it being like a full on front hug, it's like she'll come up and kind of like put an arm around you like she's posing for a photo with you. And I ended up in, inheriting this, uh, this side hug. Mm-hmm. And I still catch myself doing it or, or I've, I've kind of evolved to where I have like a, a hybrid that is half side hug, half front hug. Um, All awkwardness, though, um, especially if I'm around somebody who's really into hugging. Um, well, I, I'm
0: trying to figure out what is worse, like a, a side hug, you mm-hmm. know, or someone who's just like sort of memory glands crushing you.
1: Well, we'll you know? see, see that that also that that dives down to another issue here with hugging that won't because I mean, like even as uh, even when I was younger, like a hug, especially if you're hugging a lady, mm-hmm. it's. A I lady. Mean, I love. mean, yeah. Well, they have they have bosoms, right? Mm-hmm. And they do have bosoms. And you're going to have to hug into those, and like that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, they're gonna right? They're going to make contact. Yeah,
0: it's true. There's going to be smushing.
1: So there's so there's that. And then here's another thing that is that has actually come up um, uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I was we had some some friends over, right? Uh, and they'd come over for dinner and we uh we uh, had a little wine and then it was uh, it was time uh, for everybody to say their goodbyes, so we went to hug goodbye and I went to hug my uh my friend kip goodbye mm-hmm. and there's that weird like there's this weird moment of like all right, I'm going to hug this person. I was going for a front hug. I'm, all, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, because I'm trying to put You're my feeling all open. Yeah. I'm trying to put my side hug uh, experiences behind me. Mm-hmm. And then there's this last minute um, confusion that was probably uh, in, intensified a little by, um, by the wine in my system. Um, and is which way are our heads going to go? Cause you, you know, a head has to go this way. Another head has to go this way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the hug is, is fully locked. Um, but, I, I kind of like went to go one direction, and then I, I I panicked and went the other direction. And then afterward, I'm like, oh my goodness, she probably thinks I made a pass at her. She thinks I went in probably th- thinks I went in for a kiss on on what was already a pretty awkward hug. And so I was like, I was paranoid about it for days. I'm like, oh, <laughs> she probably thinks I'm horrible. Um,
0: you males in in your hugging anxiety, hugging each other or hugging uh, ladies, and they're they're. Cushy parts.
1: Well, well, I'm glad you brought it up because the the male hug, the male and male hug, um, uh, is is another very interesting topic of discussion, and i've I've seen it, I've seen it referred to in in various uh, uh, there's various terminology for the sort of um, masculine hug. It's been called a pound shake, a one armed hug, a dude hug, a homie hug. A shug, a hetero hug, a bro grab, a bro hug, a thug hug, a man hug, a hip hop hug. So why
0: do you even have to term it that? You know, in the first place, it's kind of cracks me up. Well,
1: um, I mean, a lot of it. I mean, it, it's with with hugging in general, but especially with male hugging. You know, like, it's going to vary depending on culture. Um, I uh, I just
0: think it's funny. It's like women don't run around going X to the fourth hug, yeah. yo.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, well, if you go back in time, and like, man to man kiss is is like not not that big of a deal. Say, uh, you know, Roman times, uh, early Christian church, mm-hmm. it, it, then it goes away in the Victorian era. You, you go you know, go to places, you know, countries like France, you go to uh, you go to Russia, and there's more of a a, a, a tradition of of men. Uh, you know, giving a peck on the cheek. It's, you know, it's no big well, deal. It's yeah, a sign it's, of affection. And right. it doesn't, it's not a, there's not a sexual connotation to it.
0: Well, and, and, certainly in Europe, it is, um, it is much more intimate to give someone a hug than a kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. on the cheek, right? And, and maybe some of that is because you're getting into someone's space. Um, but that's what we're talking about today. We're going to about hugs, how important they are, and we're going to talk about the actual science behind hugs.
1: But I have more on male hugs to talk about. Well, come and bring okay. it. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the traditional male hug, for those that haven't seen it, you, you, you sort of bring in you, the other person in, mm-hmm. arms wrapped around, kind of like you're, you're going in for like a pro wrestling bear hug. Okay. And in fact, some people, like if one person is, one male is bigger than the other, sometimes they will, or, or, or is smaller, but has a bigger, uh, you know, ego about them. They'll actually go for the pickup. They'll do the, they'll I've do the bear this. hug lift because nothing is more, more masculine. Uh, and and says this is not a a, a lovey dovey hug. Then, I was about to
0: say nothing negates uh, any sort of homoerotic yeah,
1: possible piece. suplex. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but uh, but yeah, you go in generally only the shoulders will be touching. Uh, or that'll be the main point of contact. Mm-hmm. And then you might even throw in. And then when you squeeze, you'll throw in kind of a ah, kind of a kind of a move. Because again, it's kind of like we're we're just men and you know wrestling man here. we
0: should uh, if only we could butt heads but we have to do this stupid hug yeah like that
1: and then of course the the back either slaps on the back or pounds to the back because mm-hmm. the pound like a fist is even more uh masculine than the slap to the back and you do you generally do like three of those um and and you may or may not like i say uh, throw in a um an attempted uh bear hug well, well,
0: besides heteronorms, there's actually a, a reason why you guys may have this uh, weird awkwardness in embracing each other, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. You might actually be hardwired not to be so much uh, full-on body huggers. But have you got any other male-on-male hugging stories?
1: Oh, just I should point out that the bear hug is a pro-wrestling pro move where one individual comes in from the front and wraps their arms around the person like a big hug and squeezes them. And then there's also a rear bear hug or a reverse bear hug, where the person comes up behind them mm-hmm. and and squeezes them, and and it's supposed to be like a a method of torture in the uh, like in a pro wrestling kind of environment. But it is it is it essentially it is essentially a hug.
0: So you and I don't hug, but I'm going to say this: like you did, you gave
1: me a little punch in the shoulder once. Well, that's yeah. that's my version of a hug. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, for non-huggers. But if you ever do like feel mm. like giving me a hug, please don't break my bones. Okay. <laughs> Or uh, you know, toss me through the air.
1: Well, that's another thing. I've caught myself giving the the bro hug, um, a slap or pound. Like even when I'm like hugging a female occasionally, you know, yeah. like in a moment of panic, I'll add that in for for no reason. Yeah, you know?
0: I'm just I'm 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 very scared that you're gonna pull a wrestling move on someone. It's gonna be a hospital visit. Um, here's an interesting stat: the average hug lasts three seconds, and this has been called the timing of the human spirit. It's really? Kind of, yeah, nice and poetic, but there is an ideal length of a hug, and it's actually twenty seconds.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Is that how long is the the character on Thirty Rock that said it's not a hug if it doesn't last?
0: Oh, okay. The, this is the. Uh... He is the, uh, like the CEO of Cable Town, oh, yes. which has bought, uh, NBC, right? Right. And he's all about the hugs and mm-hmm. family values. And he wants, um, you know, Alec Walden's character. Jack Donaghy. Jack yeah. Donaghy, to, to start hugging. Mm-hmm. And Jack can't because he's not hardwired. He's a shark. He yeah. doesn't know how to do that. He says 10 seconds.
1: Oh, okay. So he was, he's actually has a pretty, uh, um, conservative, uh, hug there. Yeah. Where but really he should be doubling that.
0: But he's hugging all day long, so okay. he may um, meet he criteria a busy man. Busy man. for forgetting um, the sort of oomph that you would want to get out of a hug. And okay. what is that oomph? Uh, what, why might oh. we start hugging Well, the, hugging the oxytocin. Each other? Oxytocin, yeah. yeah. So 20 seconds hugging someone makes oxytocin start flowing from your body. And we produce oxytocin every day in our blood, in our brain, um, in various amounts. And it's not just hugging, dancing, having sex orgasms, uh, petting your dog. Mothers
1: and their babies. It's yeah. It's played a huge role in, uh, in the mother-child relationship. Yeah.
0: Most people think about it in terms of breastfeeding or giving birth even, too. Mm-hmm. Um helps with the uterine contractions. So oxytocin is known as the bonding hormone, and it allows you to establish a deep connection with other people. Right. Uh, this I've also
1: seen it called the moral molecule.
0: The moral molecule, Found yes. Found only
1: in mammals, which also occasionally tear each other limb from limb. So,
0: Right, right. So that we don't tear each other from limb to limb all the time, this this wonderful moral molecule is in us uh, waiting to spring upon uh, others and, and hug. Hug it out, really. <laughs>
1: I've also, uh, just a, real quick for non, non-hugging people, um, I have a friend, Liz, and I, I remember her saying, and she may have picked, I don't know if she picked this up somewhere else or if this is wisdom that emerged from within Liz, but she said that a, a hug is, a, is just a strangle that you haven't finished yet. So.
0: Well, you know what? <clears throat> there are some people who use hugs therapeutically. So if you have someone who is really, really upset, uh-huh. uh, you know, they're, they actually seem as though they are beyond, um, consoling. Mm-hmm. If you, <laughs> if you were to hug them and restrain them mm-hmm. and, and like full body hug for 20 seconds or more, that person actually will calm down. That oh. is how effective this oxytocin release is via a
1: hug. Oh man. See, now this totally turns the, the bear hug in pro wrestling on its head. Like what if. What if its effectiveness in this fictional fighting environment were not based on, I will squeeze you until you cannot take it anymore and you pass out. But what if it was, I will squeeze you until...
0: Until loving submission? As, yeah,
1: until until loving submission, until you realize that we're fighting over nothing and that we're really brothers.
0: Okay, you know? I mean, why don't world leaders do this, right?
1: Exactly. Mandatory 30-second hugs between all heads of state.
0: Well, and there are actually hug workshops, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. Um and why they're fascinating and also sort of uh, terrible at the same time. But um, let's talk a little bit more about the oxytocin because yeah. it's so interesting in the way that it operates in our morality, um, our ability to trust others.
1: Right, so the big question in understanding anything we do is, of course, from an evolutionary standpoint, how does it fit in? How does it make sense? Right. Why would nature select for hugging?
0: Well, neuroeconomic guru... Paul Zach, who actually calls himself the love doctor. He has a uh,
1: a really. (laughs) A lot of people call themselves a love doctor. It doesn't mean they actually uh, have credentials.
0: No, it's true, but he actually studies this, right? So I think that, uh, you know, out of everybody, he could probably call himself a love doctor and and, and really mean it. I'll allow it. Um, he has a great talk on TED.com called Trust Morality and Oxytocin. And he says that this is the hormone that allows us to feel a sense of trust. And from an evolutionary science uh, perspective, it's necessary for the propagation of a species. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's some people who have more oxytocin uh, than others. And actually those people they have found in studies appear more trustworthy. Isn't this fascinating? Wait,
1: the people who. Produce less or more trustworthy?
0: No, no. People who produce more oxytocin oh, okay. just on a regular basis. Yeah. Um. You know, if you're in a party, let's say, and you mm. meet someone, you're gonna know within 20 seconds whether or not this person is feeling trustworthy to you, or probably does feel trustworthy to you, because they're usually pretty social, and uh, they're a little bit more engaged with you, right? Okay. And you start to feel like, oh, I could trust this person, right? They seem they seem like a good egg, right? Yeah. I'm sure everybody has come away of meeting someone new and saying, Oh, you know, that person's like really down to earth or so on and so forth. That could be their oxytocin talking. Um Zach and his researchers conducted a series of studies involving uh test subjects watching a film about a boy who has a brain tumor. Okay. okay. And the reason why they did that is they wanted to juice up the empathy response. Okay. Um, which is Obviously related to oxytocin. And then he had subjects play an ultimatum game. The general idea is that a first person is given a certain amount of money and told to send some portion of it to a second person. And they're separated by computers and nobody knows the identity of Mm -hmm. one another. The second person must then decide whether to accept or reject the first person's offer. So, for example, let's imagine that Player 1 proposes to divide $10 by offering $3 to Player 2. If Player 2 accepts the 3 bucks, they both get to keep their share of the money. If she rejects the offer, neither gets anything. And uh, Zach's general findings were that the more money test subjects received, the higher their oxytocin levels. And the higher their oxytocin levels, the more they reciprocated. So what you're seeing is an, an economy of trust right here. Okay. And that's why it's really interesting to him as a, a neuroeconomist to see how this is operating uh, just at a dollar and cents level.
1: Now, there are also, what, 5% uh, of the population who barely produce any of this uh, oxytocin at all. Yeah. The, they're not trusting anyone. They're not going to get anything out of that hug.
0: Well, uh, Zach, uh, Paul Zach, sort of half jokingly refers to them as the sociopaths and the psychopaths.
1: Okay. Well in that case though they may be they may actually respond seem to respond well to the hug. They might have to have figured it out figured out how to fake it, right? So
0: Right, right, but they're probably not going to be full of a lot of empathy. Um uh-huh. they're not maybe going to be so much into trusting one another or um really invested in trusting at all. And they're not really probably going to be concerned with your welfare. Okay. So but this is a small amount of the population, right? 5%. Um and there's another factor here. That dilutes oxytocin's production. Okay. Testosterone.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, which may be why men have such a hard time sharing, right? Uh, yep. Or hugging. Um, but this is the good news for for all you XYers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you can you could hug all day long and produce much more oxytocin. So it sort of vanquish the effects of your testosterone, which, by well, the way, is 10 times higher in men than women.
1: Hmm. It also makes me uh, makes me think of like sporting events where um, it's general, like another weird thing about like like men and their their their, their physical distance uh, from each other. You know, you'll see a sports situation where it's like if, if you just scored a goal, uh, then like hugging is totally OK. Like pretty much anything short of like just making out on the field is all right. Cause you're, <laughs> it's cause it's like like scored a goal. Yeah come in here for a hug, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's like totally. I've seen
0: that sort of leg humping thing too going on. Yeah.
1: So I wonder if that, it's like the testosterone is so high that, I don't know. Well, but it's also a bonding moment. It's a bonding moment. And and, and
0: um, it's a social context that allows. Yeah. uh, It's like we,
1: it's kind of like the, it's like the, it's like the slap on the back. Mm -hmm. It says like, this is a very masculine thing we're doing. Yeah. And, but, and if you just scored a goal on a professional sports team, it's like, that's, that's the, that's all the slap on the back you need. That's like. That's yeah,
0: pounding. and I think that's important, too, just to note that, yeah, there's a lot of science behind this and the way that we behave. But there's also a social contract that we yeah. all have signed on some level. So some of this is dictating our behavior. Um, but, you know, in talking about gender, it is interesting to note that women actually benefit a lot more from hugs than men do. Okay. And this is from a University of North Carolina study. Researchers found that women recorded greater reductions in blood pressure than men after hugs with their pati- uh, their partners. They both had uh, blood pressure reductions, but women much more so. And they had uh, lower levels of the stress hormone cortisol,
1: hmm.
0: which, again, this is another great benefit of hugging. Not only do you have the oxytocin flowing, but the oxytocin is going to inhibit cortisol. And cortisol is something that can make us crazy, right? Right. We get really stressed out. We can't sleep well, so on and so forth. And this, they think, is really helpful in... Um, promoting good cardiac health in women
1: i feel like a like a lot of this also illuminates like if you're in a situation where a hug is going to happen like it's good to to remind yourself that even though um like even though you might not be getting much out of this hug and this hug might be an awkward situation for you it's like this other person is going to get like an oxytocin rush like do not deny them their 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 drug there right
0: Um, yeah yeah and actually there's there's a point that we'll talk about that about whether or not you're hardwired Um, to to be a hugger. Um, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about chimps and we will talk about cuddle workshops right after this break.
1: All right, we're back. So, hugging. Um, are humans the only ones? Thanks for that hug, by the way. Oh, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a split second, but still, it was a hug.
1: Yeah. And there were two microphones between us, but you know,
0: it still counts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do other animals hug?
0: Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Great apes, chimpanzees, um, actually hug. There is a researcher by the name of Filippo Aureli of Liverpool John John Moore's University in the UK, and he and his colleagues observed 22 adult chimps at nearby Chester Zoo for for 21 months. And what they what he found is that following a fight between two individual chimps, the chimp on the receiving end of the aggression tends to spend more time scratching and grooming itself, mm-hmm. and these are activities that indicate a lot of stress. Right, they're trying to work it out. Um, the self attention. This you know grooming of themselves drops by nearly half if another chimp offers a hand. How sweet is that? Oh. An embrace or other friendly contact within a minute after the conflict.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've you know I've seen pictures of of chimps hugging, uh, but I always thought either they were doing it a they were just doing it for the calendars, or b it was the um, the moment <laughs> the before calendars. the the teeth sank in. You know.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, right, right. Just trying to yeah. uh, trick uh, your opponent there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's also a famous video of two chimps emerging from cages, like after 30 years mm-hmm. and, and seeing sunlight for the first time. And it's really, it's actually a very moving video, uh, hugging each other and celebrating. Mm-hmm. So we know that they're very social animals. We know that we share 98% of their DNA. So it's not a huge surprise that they would do this as well.
1: So is it, is it hardwired into us, the need to hug, or is it just, I mean, how much of, how much of it is, ultimately in our genes and how much of it is it's just oh i was born into a society or a family yeah. or, or i'm in a situation where hugging is the norm
0: well that that's interesting because the chimp study they uh definitely said that it helps to support the hypothesis that um consolation embracing reduces stress mm-hmm. which we know really wreaks havoc on our immune systems right so there's this idea that it could help to bolster our health Um, and you know, to what extent is it hardwired in the past? We'd say, well, that's, that's hard to say, you know, it's, it's probably just all behavioral and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, but empathy in the form of oxytocin receptors appears to be hardwired genetically. So you could be doubly endowed with oxytocin receptor genes. Um, and your social behavior would move a lot more toward empathy and positive emotions, which would make you a hugger, right? Right. Uh, Shelly Taylor, she's the UCL, UCLA psychologist who identified the tend and befriend response, says that the gene produces the oxytocin receptor is responsible for influencing self-esteem, optimism, and a sense of mastery. And at a particular location, the receptor gene has two versions, mm-hmm. an A variant and a G variant. And if you have an A variant, you have an increased sensitivity to stress, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have poor social skills and worse mental health outcomes. But if you have that G, that obviously helps to negate some of that. Um, that G receptor is actually going to help uh, in, in terms of your self-esteem and mastery. Some people have two G variants. And that is what makes them doubly oxytocin friendly.
1: So they are super huggers. They are, they are hug junkies. They are hug machines.
0: Right. Well, I mean, well, that's, that's the conclusion you could draw from them. Those are the people who are getting the biggest bang for their buck when they get a hug, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, their the oxytocin is flowing. So those might be the people, uh, the, uh, you know, the cable town executives of the world who are giving you the big bear hugs that linger <laughs> forever. And, you know, it's just an awkward, Void of hugging.
1: Well, I can also imagine just like like there's like on a purely physical level, like the hug is kind of like like oh you you could see it as a comforting thing where it's like oh you're feeling kind of down, let me protect you with my body, you Mm -hmm. know. There's a there's a there's a sense of that to the the activity as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there are some people who uh, hypothesize that the the reason that we have a three second hug, that mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the norm, is that, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't want to linger for more than three seconds because if you were engaged in a hug, a saber toothed tiger would come out of the wild and <laughs> tear you down, rip you to okay. shreds. Now, does that seem like it's, you know, that evolutionary science probably gone a little bit um, haywire maybe with that theory? Maybe. Maybe yeah. not.
1: I don't know. Like, I've never, the cat has never, well, the cat does. Get kind of irritated if my wife and I uh, are hugging for too long. She'll be kind of like, "Hey, what's up?"
0: That's just because she's jealous. Yeah, she's probably. like, "Hey, get that oxytocin flowing over here, yeah.
1: Well, then I try to hug the cat, and she hates it. So,
0: well, well, cats generally don't like to be trapped and hugged. Yeah. And I mean,
1: she likes to sit on my shoulder. So, yeah, that's good. But- and
0: yeah, we already know too, just from our uh, podcast on dogs. does yeah, that- your dog really mm-hmm. love you? That your dog is also actually releasing oxytocin when you pet your dog, and, uh, and just
1: looking at your at a dog can 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 create oxytocin that's
0: yeah. why we love those buggers so much yeah. right um here's a question for you would you ever attend a cuddle workshop
1: oh yes they had these in, even uh, that you're trying to improve London, your, right? your cuddling yeah. yes um i've i found these interesting um probably i mean yeah sure i mean i could probably use it more than a lot of people you know um you know any kind of uh like i, I feel like to you know to a certain extent uh like sometimes in yoga class, we're, we're asked to do things with a partner. And generally my wife is there. Uh, so she's my yoga partner in those situations. But there have been a time or two where I've had to like help like another yoga, uh, we've taken turns with another yoga partner, uh, where it's like I'm helping somebody else do a headstand and then they're helping me do a headstand or we're mm-hmm. doing some sort of a, you know, uh. you start a,
0: hugging them during their headstand?
1: Well, no, no, I don't start hugging them because <laughs> that would be weird. But, but, but no, but just like it, it being forced to, um, into a situation where you're physically closer to a stranger mm-hmm. like like it it like the trust sort of begins to well up a little bit and certain barriers um uh sort of break down you know so yeah i would if there were a hug class and i had the time to take it i would i would give it a shot sure
0: well also what if you were doubly endowed with that g variant right and you were just hug starved maybe yeah. you would go to a workshop right yeah and no, why
1: not it'd be like going to a, a place with your hookup where it's just like as many hugs as you can take. Right? It would be a, yeah.
0: its literally a love fest. Um, British Heart Foundation researchers have demonstrated links between a positive emotional state, like happiness, and low levels of cortisol. Again, that uh, stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's somewhat of a surprise to me that these workshops have sprung up in in London because I don't normally think of. Um, you know the British as being a bunch of huggers
1: well no they're they're not, and I think that's why that's why they have this is yeah. because they realize like because i was I was mentioning um like even in british society society, like the Victorian era, like that was like a big period of you will hug nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> except in the maybe in the privacy of your own home um like some some of the materials i was I was reading uh there was a really cool article about hugging male hugging and male affection, male mm-hmm. kissing. In a 2006 article in the Scotsman, and it stemmed from an incident where a Queen and uh, and Prince Philip, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip, greeted Charles and and Camilla at the opening of the Welsh Assembly, and mm-hmm. the, the, the the ladies they like kind of bumped hats, and the uh, Duke of Edinburgh gave his son a firm kiss on both cheeks and everyone was kind of like whoa they're you know it's like cuz these are supposed to they're supposed to be the like the stiffest of the the stiff upper lips here and they're uh, they're engaging in a little uh, visible uh, public acts of like male uh, male affection
0: yeah yeah well i mean it's it's a it's a tricky road yeah.
1: so yeah. i think they've woken like like in hopefully maybe some of our english or londoner uh, listeners will pipe in on this but i i think there's been you know they've woken up and they'll be like hey we've we've kind of been uptight for a little bit let's uh, we have a We're open to a wider world. We're open to all these different cultural influences and maybe we need to lighten up a little bit and, uh, and actually literally embrace each other.
0: Now there was that faux pas, uh, and an outcry actually when Michelle Obama put her arm around the Queen's waist in a sort of half embrace. Hmm. We were like, you don't touch the Queen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, see, that's interesting because that, that's another thing that varies. Uh, Like physical touches varies, varies so much. Like I believe, uh, um, when i was in uh, thailand i remember reading in the uh, the guidebook they said that like it's totally like for for like an uh, like an older dude to put like his hand on the side like touch the side of like a youth or a boy mm-hmm. like that's like the total like normal thing whereas of course touching somebody on the head that's that's uh, insulting so
0: well and i do understand where the cuddle workshops would would um have a place and the only thing is and i've only seen one clip so mind you this is um a very narrow perspective that i have of it so far but the cuddle workshop that I saw that was conducted in London, it was a three hour event which culminated in what it looked to me like a a, a human pile of worms okay. uh, all sort of linked together, stroking each other's arms and hugging. I mean you might want to call it a hug orgy, I mean fully clothed, of course yeah and uh, it made me really uncomfortable, I have to say. Huh.
1: I remember taking some acting classes in college and we would do various trust exercises, you know, to try and get everybody on the same page. And they would do a thing where everyone would, uh, you had to like lay with your head on the, um, on the lap of, of the, of one person. Mm-hmm. And then you I forget how we were all sort of chained together in this, but that was really awkward because I ended up like laying my head on the crotch, uh, like the back of my head on the crotch of this uh, other uh, person in the acting class and like. And, and she, she was just kind of like clamped up. She didn't say anything. And the act, the acting instructor came around and it's like, like, uh, are you guys comfortable? You should, and like, so it was, that was really awkward.
0: Yeah. So. And I will say that I took this Naya exercise class. It's a martial arts dance class. It's a great physical activity, right. but the instructor was really into, uh, sort of investigating how we feel with one another. So at uh-huh. the end of the class, she had us crawl around each other like earthworms. And Ugh. crawl over each other. And, of course, I stepped on someone's hand. There yeah. was, you know, outrage.
1: It's interesting because people coming into that class, they would be thinking, there's nothing uh, nothing fishy about this. It's it's dance, sure, but it's martial arts. So it's, it's the
0: YMCA. I'm just going to have this normal exercise class. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Next thing you know, laughter yoga, right?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, right after that, all of a sudden they're passing around mirrors for all <laughs> the ladies, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't, don't worry about it. You don't need to know. All right. So what about... What about having machines hug you?
1: Ah, yes. Um, There are two fine examples of this. Uh, The first of which is an actual robot. Uh, Big surprise. Uh, Someone in Japan has been working on a robot that uh, you can hug called the Sensroid. Mm -hmm. Do you want to describe what this looks like?
0: Um, It looks like the upper torso of a mannequin tricked out with a a sensor suit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it has sort of... It looks a little S&M to me just in terms of like, you know, it's this black sensor suit wrapped around a mm-hmm. torso of a mannequin. So it's, you know, from the get go, it doesn't exactly look like, oh, man, this is a great hug machine. Yeah. Uh, and then the the person who is engaging with the mannequin, the human, is wearing a vest mm-hmm. that interacts with it. And there's uh, when they when they interact, the pressure uh, between their connection uh, is triggered and it feels like a hug.
1: But There's nothing wrong with that.
0: No, except for the video of it, the demonstration, it looked like the guy was kind of, uh, sort of molesting it. it, <laughs> and it well, only with his hands, I mean, uh-huh. in his arms, obviously, but, um, but it was very aggressive. It's like he was just sort of attacking this mannequin.
1: Well, he's learning, right? I mean, if you're hugging, I, I'm assuming if you're hugging a robot. Either A, you're, you're hard, you're maybe a hug junkie and you just can't get it all This guy was a
0: total hug junkie.
1: Okay. Yeah. But my other theory would be they don't really know how to hug and they're using this robot as an attempt to learn. Right. In which case you might not really know what you're doing and there might be some, some inappropriate, uh, uh, you know, fondling of the robot's back or.
0: Right. And you don't have to worry so much about offending it, right? Right. Um, but I mean, again, this guy is getting the high, I guess you could say, of Mm -hmm. hugging and all of the health benefits of hugging your robot. So in the future, what are we going to have a Roxy, the hugging robot? Do you think
1: Ugh, Roxy? Um, no, no.
0: Worst robot ever.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting uh, question, especially, you know, we uh, given the podcast we've recorded in the past about the future of like, uh, home care providers, robotic mm-hmm. home care providers. And these are machines. that are going to be living in a physical environment with us. They're going to be a part of our lives. Um, to what degree do we end up having that bond of trust and to yeah. what extent should we uh, encourage that bond of trust through hugging cuz i mean some people might say oh i can't imagine the ro- a robot coming in for a hug on me that would be like that would be a little creepy but but maybe not maybe it would but, it would build a bond where you of actual i mean at least on one side care um uh, the robot probably not that's what i was going to say care. like
0: by the time we're 80 or 90 and we we have our robot helpers maybe uh, that is a feature that we want yeah it has a health benefit. Why not? Um, still, the, the I guess the video of this guy, uh, attacking the mannequin, I shouldn't say attacking, but just uh, vigorous hugging, vigorous hugging going on seemed a little bit menacing, at least for the, <laughs> for the mannequin that I'm, uh, bestowing all these human qualities on.
1: And of course, the other, uh, hug machine that comes to mind mm-hmm. would be a Temple Grandin's hug machine. Um, I know, and if you're not familiar with, with Temple Grandin, um, then A, she has an excellent TED talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then B, they made the movie Temple Grandin, uh, where Clara Danes plays her. It was an HBO uh, TV movie, and it's it's really quite good. And yeah. she's uh, and she's excellent in it as Temple Grandin.
0: She's brilliant. She's autistic. She revolutionized animal science, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she
1: was thinking like, all right, she, like she was totally like, yeah, slaughtering animals. That's you know, she has no problem with that. She mm-hmm. you know, she was very much a, a cowgirl uh, herself, but she was like, there's no need for it to be cruel like there's no Mm -hmm. need for these animals to be stressed out and you don't want a stressed out animal in there from just a just a purely um utilitarian uh frame uh, frame of mind like even if you don't care about what how the animal actually feels Mm -hmm. you want the you don't want the meat to be all drawn up and uh and tight right that's uh, true
0: if the muscles contract then you're going to get a a tough uh cut of meat there yeah um but yeah she used her own anxiety and her own empathy toward animals actually which Mm -hmm. is interesting because she is autistic um to to uh Sort of imagine what that experience would be, and help revolutionize that, Mm -hmm. uh, so that animals, when when they were actually going to be slaughtered, were a lot calmer. Right. Um, But she also, uh, again, dealing with her own anxieties, created this squeeze machine. She actually wrote about her experiences in the Journal of Child and Adolescence Psychopharmacology, and she says, As a child, I craved to feel the comfort of being held, but I would pull away when people hugged me. When hugged, an overwhelming tidal wave of sensation flowed through me. At times, I preferred such intense stimulation to the point of pain rather than accept ordinary hugs. At puberty, anxiety and nervousness Nervousness made me feel as though I was constantly in a state of stage fright. Hmm. While the nature of this anxiety was not diagnosed at the time, they have been retrospectively diagnosed as panic attacks. So at the age of 18, she constructed this squeeze machine to help calm herself down. And
1: um, If you haven't seen it, it's it's kind of easy to imagine her crawling into like an Iron Maiden, but it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like panels that... that Press in when she pulls on levers or strings, right?
0: Yeah, she's got a lever that that can control the pressure Mm -hmm. um, per square inch. And she said that using the machine for 15 minutes would reduce her anxiety for up to 45 to 60 minutes. Uh, and then the relaxing effect was maximized if the machine was used twice a day. And gradually her tolerance of being held, uh, by the squeeze machine grew. And also eventually her tolerance of being hugged and touched by other people grew, huh. uh, through this machine. And she did this really interesting studies, uh, with this machine on herself, on other college students, mm-hmm. and also animals. And, you know, across the board she found that this machine, because of this, um, this deep touch pressure, it actually did the same sort of thing that a hug would do, which is to release that oxytocin and to reduce, uh, cortisol.
1: Huh. Well, I've, I've never used a, a hug machine, uh, per se, but,
0: uh. I wish we had one at work. I would, would totally we could, use it. We should,
1: we should talk to Tanya about getting one in. It's yeah, like the yeah. office needs a hug machine.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it does remind me though of some things in yoga that are like, uh like for instance when you roll into a ball, you know, and sort of on your child's body. pose. Well child's boat is what po- pose as well when mm-hmm. you're you're facing down. And then also to uh to some extent uh eagle pose where you're wrapping your limbs up. Like I always find uh the lower portion of the eagle where you uh you intertwine your legs mm-hmm. and sort of bring your the front of your foot around behind your ankle. Like that for, to me that feels really comforting. And I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not really sure why. I don't know. You just kinda of feel like kind 'cause of, you're
0: hugging yourself. It's
1: kind of like you're hugging yourself. Yeah. It's like you're 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 kind of like tight and compact and you're there's a, a sense of comfort in it. So.
0: Well, and it's, it's interesting because it is that deep pressure that is really important because if you were just to lightly stroke your skin or someone else's, then that would excite your nervous system. But somehow mm. that deep pressure is, is what you need in that constant deep pressure to really tell your, your nervous system to calm down.
1: This also reminds me, uh, Thai massage at times feels yeah. a little bit like, it's kind of like being hugged. It's like across, uh, for anyone who's, who's never had Thai massage, it's, uh, it's a rather different animal. Then um, sort of uh, a typical Western massage uh, therapy where there's, you know, where they generally have some like soft music playing. And it's a lot of more like uh, con- continued pressure kind of stuff. But um, but with uh, Thai massage, it's like a, a lot of like alternating pressure. And mm-hmm. to a certain extent, it feels like someone is, it's like a cross between somebody giving you a, a massage, someone putting you in a wrestling hold, and uh, at times someone kind of hugging you.
0: Right. So, Right. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, I love this hugging thing because, you know, not only can you just use it on a day to day basis, you're you're hugging your uh, significant other family members. You're getting a big high off of it. But you can also ni- manipulate others with your hugs. Right. <laughs> you can get them in a bear hug and a wrestling hold. And uh, if they're inconsolable, you know, 20 seconds later, they're just going to be like a babe in your arms. Yeah.
1: I should mention another disaster hug that I encountered, and that was one where um, I was like talking about hug awkwardness with some people at a at a party, and uh, and so I was kind of like the challenge, the gauntlet was laid down, so I needed to actually hug this guy. So uh, my, my friend uh, Matt. So so I go in for a hug on Matt, and I'm like, all right, well let's do it, let's just do a, a big manly hug right here. And right at that moment, somebody tried to cut between us, and they, with like a, a beverage in their hand. And so they were smashed between us as we attempted to hug, and their drink fell to the, to the floor and shattered, and it was very traumatic. Dude,
0: that's some bad hug karma.
1: Yeah, that it was exactly, it was bad hug karma. I should point out that I do not have a hug awkwardness with my wife. Uh, I do really enjoy hugging my wife. Well, and no, because we you're, do,
0: um, you're doing 20 seconds or more, I'm right. betting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I should also mention, just to call back, uh, we did a Mystery Box episode, and uh, in that I, I made a... I talked about uh, having been given a virginity box mm-hmm. when I was uh, in junior high, mm-hmm. and I was supposed you're supposed to hold on to that for long. And I and I mentioned to people it's like, hey, if you're out there and you uh, are a virgin, you know, and no matter what your age is, uh, like, don't freak out about it. Like, it's no big deal. Like, sex is no big deal. I, of course, am uh, was referring to just the social pressure that is often put on people mm-hmm. to have sex, and was in no way implying that uh, that sex itself is is no big deal, especially as far as my uh, my significant other is concerned. Just oh, no. I know. mean,
0: yeah, we all know sex is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. But, but it's the like, driving
0: force behind pretty much everything we do every day. Yeah.
1: Like, after my wife uh, listened to this, like, it sounded a little weird when you said, hey, don't worry about sex. It's no big deal. So, just wanted to make sure of that No, the, I, t- the, the I, I got it. I got clear. what you are
0: saying. You were just telling the kids out there, if it hasn't happened yet, no big deal. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't stress out about it. That's my point. So, hey, speaking of the kids out there, uh, I wonder if any of them have sent us some mail. Uh, let's call the robot Oh
0: God, it's coming in for a hug.
1: <laughs> All right, here's a little email from our listener, Allison, out of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, she writes in and says, I run a computer lab, and while tidying up the lab during December exam period, I came across some interesting graffiti on one of the desks. All week we've been hosting exams for the lab uh, sections of EDD 101, a class aimed at first-year students who want to learn how to study effectively for tests, how to improve their learning, etc. which is why I couldn't help but laugh when I came across very faintly written crib notes on the desktop underneath a keyboard. Someone took the time to cheat on a test about how to take tests effectively. My coworker and I joked about putting up signs in the lab, and today I made it a reality. You see, this afternoon was the first lab section of this semester's EDD-101 intake. I made sure to print extras in full color and post them all around both computer labs just in case the new students needed an extra reminder. The photo was difficult to to take due to the lighting in the room and because it was written so uh, faintly, but I'm sure the point is fairly clear. The text is a uh, tweet I made after uh, finding the scribbles in December, and she sent us an amusing uh, photo of it. I love the podcast. I always eagerly await uh, new ones uh, to add to my queue alongside other wonderful HSW podcasts.
0: I love that. And we talked about that in the cheating episode, about how when you put a mirror up to someone, um, to their behavior, that's usually going to stem that... Uh, sort of transgression that they're about to make right yeah. so that hopefully that'll be effective we do know though if you have someone sign a contract or some sort of uh, ethics code of ethics yeah that that's even more effective uh, which was really interesting to learn about cheating
1: yeah yeah i've definitely been in some classes where they did that where they're like here's the uh, here's the code of honor sign it and then uh, participate in my class
0: and then you didn't cheat
1: i, you were, specifically. I don't think so i don't remember I'm what scared. class it was but probably not um you're not a
0: cheater. No. You're a lover.
1: I, I guess. Um, well, anyway, if, uh, if anyone out there has something they want to share with us, uh, you can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter. Imagine that. Uh, on Twitter, we are Blow the Mind, and on Facebook, you know, you can just look for stuff to blow the mind, and we are there.
0: And you can also send us an email at uh, Blow the Mind at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fort staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.